welcome to this podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast on Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 to 6. And today I want to carry on with the story of Jonah because it's such a fascinating one. And I think we have so much to learn from it. And today I want to think about Jonah chapter 1 verses 7 to 17. And we're joining the story at a place in which Jonah's life is in such a mess. He's disobeyed God. He's run in the opposite direction and he's now hiding in the hold of the ship as a huge storm engulfs them. He had disobeyed God and he was paying the price in a big way. But maybe before we rush into judging him, we need to remember that we are all Jonah, aren't we? We've all run away from God. We've all made a mess of our lives through bad choices and sometimes that has resulted in an unimaginable storm. Jonah is you and me. And I don't think that this story is in the Bible because Jonah is an exceptional character. Instead, I think that this story is in the Bible because Jonah is the norm. He's representative of how we, as fallen human beings, generally fall away from God and seek to go our own way rather than follow his. Isn't that what Paul writes in his letter to the Romans? All have fallen short of the glory of God. That's human nature for you. And Jonah is the representation of that. So what can we learn from this next part of the story of Jonah? Well, there's three things I want to focus on today. Firstly, that sin is about our relationship with God. When we think about sin, we tend to think about it in terms of the things we do wrong. Sin is having bad thoughts. Sin is behaving in an inappropriate way. Sin is making the wrong choice. And of course, these are all examples of sins. But at its heart, sin is about a flawed relationship with God. And for us as Christians, who still have a tendency towards sin, just like anyone else, it says something about the gaping chasm between what we confess with our mouths, what we believe in our hearts, and how we live out our lives on a day-by-day basis. In verse 8, the sailors ask Jonah, Who is to blame for this? What are you doing here? What country do you come from? What's your nationality? And Jonah's reply to them in verse 9 is very interesting. I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made land and sea. Technically, of course, Jonah was right. He was a Hebrew and his background was to worship the Lord. But the circumstances in which he was now in were a far cry from that declaration of faith. There was a huge disconnect between what he professed about himself, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, and how he was living his life, on the run from God, hiding in the bowels of a ship, trying to get as far away from his God as possible. Jonah has the right answer doctrinally. He knows his faith, but he has the wrong answer experientially. His life doesn't bear out those facts. And that is the root of our sinfulness, of course. We know what we believe. We know that God is worthy of our worship and praise. We know that we should live obedient lives. But there's a disconnect. As Paul says in Romans, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And of course, we all want to address the problem of sin in our lives. We want to become faithful in how we live. But the only way to do that is to focus on our relationship with God, to meditate deeply on what he's done for us, what Jesus has done for us, and to build a relationship of love with God. If we just try to stop sinning, to live better lives, we'll fail. It's beyond us. We can't just say, I'm going to be a less jealous person or... I'm going to stop being so judgmental towards others. We can say it with the best intentions in the world, but acting in our own strength, we will fail. The only way to reduce sinfulness in our lives is to increase our experience and love for God. 
to proactively pursue God and allow ourselves to be pursued in love by him. And when we fall more in love with Jesus and allow our lives to be shaped by that love, the disconnect between what we believe and how we live decreases. Secondly, sin against God needs to have something done about it. Now, I want to be clear about what I mean here. I'm not saying that all sin, all wrongdoing needs to be punished. I genuinely do believe that there are times when people make mistakes in life and the best and wisest thing to do is to let it go. The consequences of making a public example through punishment can sometimes be far graver than the consequence of the original sin in the first place. But sinfulness against God always has a consequence and always needs addressing. And what we have here in verses 11 to 16 is a very interesting part of the story that begins to hint into the future of the Bible and the heart of God. Jonah's disobedience needed dealing with to appease the anger of God exemplified in the raging storm. And in verse 11, the sailors ask a very interesting question. What should we do to you to stop the storm? And Jonah replies in verse 12, throw me into the sea and it will calm down. And what we have here is a hint that a sacrifice needs to be made to atone for sin, to make things right with God. Now, of course, Jonah offers himself to be that sacrifice. But in the New Testament, it's Jesus who becomes the sacrifice for our sin. It's the death of Jesus that calms the storm of sinfulness and restores equanimity where previously there'd been chaos. There is no other way to atone for sin. No amount of human effort will make the difference. As we read in verse 13, the sailors tried to get the ship to shore, rowing with all their might, but the storm was becoming worse and worse and they got nowhere. A bit like us, when we try to make things right in our own strength, we get nowhere. But through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the storm is calmed and all is made well. And thirdly and finally, God shows us grace when we get things wrong. Jonah had been thrown into the sea in the midst of a raging storm. Without a shadow of doubt, he was about to drown. And then comes the most extraordinary act of grace from God. Verse 17. At the Lord's command, a large fish swallowed Jonah, and he was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now, I don't want to get too sidetracked by this aspect of the story, whether it was a fish or a whale or whether it's even plausible that such a thing could even happen. Those details are not important for the story itself. What is important is that God saw Jonah drowning as a result of his sin and sent a rescue plan. It's not what Jonah deserved. He'd been disobedient in the extreme and deserved to die. But thanks be to God that he doesn't give us what we deserve. Thanks be to God that he shows us grace and rescues us from our lowest moments in life. In a metaphorical sense, Jonah's sin was swallowed by God's grace. And that's exactly what the cross of Christ is all about. In Matthew 12, Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees who are trying to catch him out. And they say to Jesus, Teacher, we want to see you perform a miracle. And what does Jesus reply? He says this, You ask me for a miracle? No. The only miracle you'll be given is the miracle of the prophet Jonah. In the same way that Jonah spent three days and nights in the big fish, so will the Son of Man spend three days and nights in the depths of the earth. Jesus, of course, is alluding to his death and resurrection as the means by which all sin will be dealt with 
and swallowed up. So in this part of the story of Jonah, we learn some wonderful truths. Yes, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. No, there's nothing we can do about that in our own strength. But yes, God shows grace to us and swallows up sin forever through the death of his son Jesus on the cross. Sin may belong to us, but salvation belongs to the Lord. And we are eternally grateful for all that God has done for us through his son Jesus. And we praise his name for his eternal grace and love. So I hope that you found this a useful podcast and that you will know for yourself the amazing truth that you are forgiven by God because Jesus has taken your punishment on himself. To live in that truth today is an amazing thing. So thank you for being with me today and I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye bye. (laughs) 